This is Rennie Kanoff with ChampionshipBBQ.tv, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Start the game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Okay. Do it live! I'll write it, and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Good evening and welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. We are broadcasting live from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday if you want to jump in on the show this evening, more than happy to have you. It is a phone call, 216-777-2120. That's 216-777-2120. If you'd like to email the show, you can do that as well. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to greg at bbqcentralshow.com or on the Twitter and Instagrams at bbqcentralshow. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter coming up in about oh, 12, 13 minutes from now. It is yet the beginning of another month. And when we have the beginning of another month, we are due for the doctor's visit, the monthly barbecue doctor's visit. So if you have any ills, ales, or otherwise that you think Ray Lampy might be able to help you out with. That is indeed who we'll be catching up with in about 12 minutes from now, Dr. Barbecue Ray Lampy for the Ask Dr. Barbecue segment. Got a lot of things to talk about, not the least of which is the final countdown to the days of when Dr. Barbecue, the restaurant, will actually be opening. It seems like we've been talking about it for years and years now. We really have a goal line in sight, and we'll be talking to Ray about when that actually might be, probably in the next 30 days or so, amongst some other items as well as it comes to live fire cooking and grilling. Then at 9.35, you know, if it's one thing I know about the barbecue and grilling industry is we certainly love all of our pits. We love the cookers, the grills. All the cooking vessels that are currently out there, we want to get our hands on all of them. The other thing I've come to find out is that once you own a number of these things, when you really start to add up what is costing you the most money, indeed, it's not the pits. It's all of the accessories and accoutrements that come along with making the barbecue and grilling life easier. And one of those products is something that maybe you've heard, maybe you haven't. If you have a kettle cooker of some type, whether it be Weber or Charbroil 
or Napoleon or whatever the name brands are. I really, I'm just throwing out name brands. Like I know, I know Weber's got the kettle grill. So if you have a Weber kettle or a kettle style grill, perhaps you are on or in the know of this particular piece of apparatus. It is called the slow and sear. And over the last couple of years with other interviews I've done for other websites, other podcasts, for the folks that have Weber kettles, I'm telling you, or kettle-style cookers, this piece of equipment is almost hand-in-hand. You get the grill, then you get the slow and sear, and it becomes a much better searing machine and smoking machine, hence the name slow and sear. I'll be talking with owner, creator, founder David Parrish at 935. So if you are looking for some type of an accessory for a kettle-style grill, you'll be in luck. And then we'll move to the second hour, one of my favorite semi-recurring guests. 1014 will find me revisiting and picking up a conversation with the hardcore carnivore herself, Jess Priles. JessPriles.com will be talking about a number of live fire barbecue and grilling topics, maybe boiled hot dogs, maybe a little refresh on dry aging, maybe some beef talk about what the differences are between the beef that's here in the States and what's available in Australia. She does... I wouldn't say spend an incredible amount of time in Australia, but probably gets more, probably gets back to Australia more than a lot of us. I mean, she is there from, she is from there originally. So inherently, there's probably a built in need to get back. I mean, I would love to get there, but I don't actually see myself getting there. That's on me. Also, there might be an announcement of a new product to the Jess Pryles offerings portfolio. So, Stay tuned for that around 1014. And then, of course, the big one that everybody's been waiting for and that I have been promoing for the last handful of days. I talked about it in the show open, or I'm sorry, in the top of the second hour last week, which was the podcast or the barbecue-themed podcast, Tales from the Pits, and their unilateral decision to delete what would have been their episode 65, where they were basically hypothesizing and theorizing and have had done a journalistic put-together of a show that says, hey, at, at worst, Franklin's Barbecue is going to be going out of business in some form or fashion. At best, there's going to be quite a different look, whether it be ownership or faces that you see there. There was going to be some type of fairly significant change at Franklin Barbecue. And then that got chased up the flagpole. Daniel Hand got his uh, Daniel Vaughn got his hands on it. He had to check up with Aaron and Stacy and I think within a 24-hour time frame or so there was a huge apology tweet from Tales from the Pit. Also they summarily took down that podcast and last week I was like why would you do that? You put that podcast up there, you stand by your research if you say what you did. Don't wuss out. Put on the podcast in your feed that's going to get you the most downloads. That's the one. I guarantee that's going to be the pinnacle of download. Why would you take that off your feed? I pleaded with them to put it back up there, which is currently fallen on deaf ears. Also, reached out to them through social media channels. Say, hey, come on this show, 1035. Let's talk about it. I want to be your advocate. I want to tell you that what I think you did was good. I don't want to stir it up Jerry Springer-like, so I am happy to say that at 10.35, I 
Expect to be joined by Tales from the Pits. So tell all your friends and neighbors it's going to be a great time. I do want to say right off the top here, if you are looking for the live stream on Facebook and it's not there, for whatever reason, as I want to start the broadcast, it's going out to YouTube. It's going out to Periscope with no problem. Facebook deciding to have a problem this evening. So I apologize for that if you're trying to find the show on Facebook, but you'll get it here in podcast or through the audio only, which you can get on my website as well, the bbqcentralshow.com. So that's what's on tap for you this evening. Quick listening note here. If you are a fan of Spotify, I'm a huge fan of Spotify, so much so that I actually pay the $9 or whatever it is per month so I can make my own playlists and not have ads and just play music like a madman. To me, I find the value there. The Barbecue Central show is now listed in the podcast section in Spotify. Just search it in that podcast section, and away you go. I don't think you can necessarily subscribe to the show through Spotify, but it is offered the podcast shows. I've checked it out and confirmed. So if you're stuck in an office, you're in a car, you don't have a podcast catcher, you want to get it a different way, you just go to one particular platform to get all your music and podcasts now, you can do everything in Spotify. You're welcome. I'm not going to have enough time to get through this. So I'll probably save it for next week or later in the second hour. But I do want to say this. A few weeks ago, we were talking about hot dogs, and the reaction has been coming in hot and heavy from the end of the Embedded Correspondent segment a few weeks back. So if you missed it, go back and listen to it because it was great. We also give you context for what I'm about to say. But it appears there are three different avenues of support coming in post-embedded correspondence segment. Some of you support me and my like of boiled hot dogs and ketchup. Steve Ray, David Huff, and our appreciation of boiled hot dogs. Some of you are supporting all of us. Some of you think that Stephen Reichland is correct and that those who eat boiled hot dogs are indeed going to hell a tenth circle of hell, to be exact. And some of you think that Doug Scheiding is 100% correct and what can only be explained as his utter disdain for hot dogs, so much so, he will not even put them on any of his cookers that he owns. None of them. Kids, if you want hot dogs, go screw. Not at Uncle Dougie's house. No hot dogs will broach the cooking surface. I mean, you want to beef with me about boiled hot dogs? I guess we can talk about them. Doug doesn't even want to talk about hot dogs anyway. Not no way, not no how. Get out of here, hot dogs. Beat it. Folks, let me talk to you quickly about Southside Market and Barbecue before we get to Dr. Barbecue, Ray Lampy. Established in 1882, Southside Market and Barbecue, the oldest joint in Texas. They've been owned and operated by the same family for three generations. They offer premium Central Texas barbecue products, slow-smoked over real wood, shipping, distributing, manufacturing sausages for companies across the U.S., from food trucks to multi-chain restaurants. Southside sausages can be on your menu as well. All meats processed in the on-site USDA-inspected facility. A trusted partner with a focus on quality and, most importantly, authenticity. 
Wholesale options available shipping nationwide via FedEx. You can also do food service distribution through Cisco, U.S. Foods, and Martin Foods. Company packaging capable from research and development to package completion. They can follow your recipe or help you develop something brand new. They also have private labeling opportunities also available if you're not familiar with that. Basically, you can buy Southside Markets products already made, tried, true, tested, and then just stick your label on it, private label. So now you can offer something new to the revenue chain. Southside selling their products regardless of what name is on it. What do they care, right? As long as they're selling it. You can visit southsidemarket.com for more information. Here's the best thing, 10% off coupon code for online orders at southsidemarket.com. All you have to do is use promo code BBQ Central. That's B-B-Q-C-E-N-T-R-A-L, one word, all lowercase. And again, that's checkout online, southsidemarket.com. That's southsidemarket.com. Dr. Barbecue Ray Lampy out of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back. Live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Butcher Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, seasonings, barbecue sauces, grilling oils, All the Butcher Barbecue products have been tested on the competition circuit as well as in backyards worldwide. So fear not. Be the pitmaster of your neighborhood. Visit ButcherBBQ.com to stock up now. Always trust your butcher. Be ButcherBBQ.com. If you haven't tried them yet, folks, come on. Get on the bandwagon. What are you waiting for? All right, stick around for this. If you got questions about barbecue or grilling, maybe as a hobby or even a business, looking to get an expert's point of view, why not ask Dr. Barbecue? You can submit your questions by clicking on the Ask Dr. Barbecue tab on the website. The doctor is in. Here's Ray Lampy with his nurse, Greg Rempe. Dr. Barbecue. That's right, Ray Lampy joining me here on the show. Ray, how are you, buddy? I'm all right, Greg. How about you? Uh, I'm doing absolutely fabulous. There he is. All right, Ray, hold on just one second. I'm going to see if I did a uh, Skype update earlier. Ah, uh, see, that's what I thought was going to happen. All right, so let me see what Madam Ruby sees. There he is. I did it. I don't know what you can see, but maybe you can see split screen or something along these lines. But um, Can you see me? 
Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. There you are. All right. No, it's not. You're not moving though. No. Okay. Now you can probably see me. So, oh, there you are. Uh, nevertheless, yeah, it's not good to see me. If I can always stay away from that, I would rather try. Uh, Ray, always appreciate you making time each and every month here to talk about barbecue. And one of the recurring topics that we've been talking about is this restaurant. Which um, let me do some quick math here. If I take ten and add one, it's 2018. We've been talking about the opening of Doctor Barbecue's restaurant for seven years now. I believe if that's the number, is that right? I think that's about <laughs> right. Yeah, it feels like it. For yeah. Sure. So really, though, we are weeks away from the literal opening so what's the latest on the restaurant then we'll go ahead and push through some other items yeah we really are um i mean i know we said it before but we really are uh they're putting it's finished work going on now the lights are going in the the floor is going to be polished uh the smokers in place i hear we can maybe fire it up on monday uh yeah it's really all the final finished stuff now we're probably i'm thinking three weeks away from being in and then we got to do some training and stuff. So probably a month from start serving food. So yes, it's really finally happening. If you follow on Facebook, you'll see some updated pictures. Yeah, and speaking of updated pictures, it looked like that mural got a little bit more intricate detail as well. I mean, you don't always see Ray Lampy taking a picture of a mural of Ray Lampy behind him, but that's a pretty neat thing you got going. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that dude, that thing is twenty five feet high, and. I mean, it really, I don't know how you could say it any other way. It looks just like me. And every time he does another layer, it looks more like me. And, and now he actually did, uh, since that last picture I posted, he painted the flames on my collar like my shirts I always wear. Uh, it, it, I don't know how the guy could do that. But I mean, it's kind of bizarre seeing a 25-foot picture of yourself, but it's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Ray Lampy joining me here on the show. DRBBQ.com is the website, of course. And uh, Ray joins me every month here to talk about some live fire barbecue and grilling stuff. Uh, Ray, before we get into some of the Facebook questions, I understand that uh, I believe it's a couple weeks from now you're going to be heading out to San Diego to the Del Mar racetrack, which, by the way, Ray, I know you're a fan of my show and you know a little bit about me. I'm a huge fan of thoroughbred racing, born and raised Saratoga Springs, New York, home of the oldest thoroughbred racing track, so ponies are in my blood. But if I have to go west, Del Mar is certainly one of my favorite tracks. I've never been there, but I watch it all the time on television, especially when it's in season. Uh, what's happening out there? What are you doing? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I haven't been either, and I hear it's beautiful. Oh, I, sure. I grew up in Chicago with the seedy racetracks that weren't very nice, so it, it's uh, <laughs> going out there is going to be a treat. Gene, Joyke, Gene Goikachia. I don't know if you remember Gene. Gene, yeah. He's been a KCBS guy for 30 years, probably as long as I have. Been. And he's somehow involved with a restaurant out there in this event. And the Big Green Egg guys got in to do a, a booth there at this racetrack. And it's a big deal. Certainly good demographic there. It's supposed to be a beautiful place. Uh, they asked if I'd come out. And they was, you know, said, yeah, what the heck? I mean, this is what I do. So how do I get to pass up an opportunity like that? I, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm, I'm not a, you know, I'm not too involved with the horses these days. But I've been known to lose a few dollars myself. So will you be doing demos and Doing yes. cooking on Big Green Egg like the normal Ray Lampy stuff. Yeah, we just talked. I just was trying to get a, a handle on it today. Uh, they're going to have like a booth where they're going to be. There's a cook off and there's like a, a lot of sampling going on with with the cook off. I don't really know much about that. But Big Green Egg's going to have. I'm just going to be there. I'm going to cook some ribs, and salmon, and I'll just be cooking it off and on during the day. 
Dean is doing some demos with us as well. So we'll probably go back and forth every hour or so. I'll cook a little something. Uh, we're not really there to feed everybody, but if you happen to be standing there and, and I got some food, I'll certainly share it with you. Also, I'm wondering from a Big Green Egg Festival type of thing, there's supposed to be something going on in Bozeman, Montana. Do you have plans to be out in Montana at any point this year? No, I don't. Uh, you know, I mean, there's so many of them now. I just can't get to them all, and they don't all they don't all think to invite me or bother to invite me. You know, they they have different attitudes about what they should do, and and inviting me isn't always a thing. Um, but hey, I'd love to go to Bozeman, so they should invite me next. Have you ever been to Montana before? Yeah, I've been to all fifty states. I, really? When I went to Alaska last year, uh, wow, that was the fiftieth state that I hadn't been to. So yeah, I have. Uh, and I mean. Montana is beautiful. It's a cool place. All right, so let's hold Florida off to the side. What's your favorite state since you've been to all of them? Oh, you know, I love Chicago, of course. I, I like Colorado. The nicest people. In you know, the world. Chicago's not a state, Ray. Did you know that? I didn't know if you knew that. I know <laughs> yeah, it's so big, people think it is, but no. I, I, so uh, Tennessee is the nicest people in the world in Tennessee. That's for, that's a state, right? Yes. Full state. That's right. So is Ohio. Nobody ever know. says it Ohio. It depends on the week. You know, I like I like all of them. Every one of them's got their character and their thing at the bottom. You know, I'm lucky enough to have seen them all. From a an egg event, do people have to go would people go through if so, okay, let me back it up. If people are interested in having you come out, do they go through Big Green Egg to get to you or do they contact you directly? How does a booking work? The dealer calls their distributor. Their distributor calls Big Green Egg. Big Green Egg forwards it to me. Uh, it's really, I'm happy to go anywhere. You know what I mean? I have no prejudice against a big dealer, small dealer, wherever they happen to be. I, I seriously like to go everywhere. I mean, I don't, you know, so I'm always in. It's really more about scheduling and them calling me, uh, and I'm happy to do it. I let the dealer, the distributor, you know, we have this tiered system. I let the distributor sort of filter it out. If the guy's selling enough eggs and he asks his distributor to try to get me, they will. They'll ask, and uh, and I'm happy to do it. You know, they, Big Green Egg covers me. Uh, some of the dealer or the distributor will have to cover my travel money. Um, but it's it's great. I love going to do these different things. I do as many as I can. So uh, if they're not asking, they should be. It's interesting. Some of the distributors are really good about it, and they, they ask me regularly, and I end up going to those territories a lot. I, of all places, I end up going to Fargo like hmm. three times last year. Really? Because they asked, frankly. You know, and got lucky that they happened to be the right date, too. But, but I mean, I seriously, I like to go everywhere. It's fun. We really? did that one right by you. We did that, uh, you know, and I, I came to Ohio. So, you know, clearly I'll go anywhere. Yeah, right there in uh, right there in Hartville. Hartville, yes. Yeah, that's, uh, that's actually happening again. Hold on a second here, Ray. I got to thing going on here there we go i was trying to figure out what the hell was going on that's a lot of uh, technology stuff going on there but i finally figured it out as i'm listening and deciphering playing detective and listening to you at the same time um yeah so that that grill fest that you had come to a couple years ago that's still going on i know you were uh booked up when they were so this year they're doing it the week of the american roy So they reached out to me. They're like, well, who do you think we could get? I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, any A, B, and C list barbecue celebrity is going to be at the American yeah. Royal. It's a huge draw. So um, now, luckily, and I'm going to look like a complete ass because I said every A, B, and C list barbecue. So 
But I <laughs> I did pull out an A-list reference, and I believe it has been put together, and it's by a guy that you know, and I think we both love, by the way. If you can believe it, Ted freaking Reader is going to be in Hartville, Ohio, September 15th, oh, really? I believe. Yeah, so uh, he was not going to be down at the American Royal. I think it was like a week off, but I was like, hey, this was a pretty cool event. Um, you're going to be Did in you front tell of- him it's a dry county? Well, I mean, you can go anywhere else and drink your face off. So, or bring your own. I'm sure Ted isn't averse to you know maybe packing a little bit for the road, right? I would warn him yeah. though. I know Ted pretty well, very yeah. well. He's a good friend of mine. I would warn him that he that there's no liquor stores around. All right, good to know. So I'll make sure that I give Ted the warning. But so he's, I believe, I don't want to commit fully, but I believe there was some type of uh, at least a agreement in principle that he would come down and do the grill fest. So. If you're going to be in Hartville, middle of September, that's certainly a place to go. Speaking of September, you're going to be doing the Paradise Food and Wine Fest. Where is that, and what's involved with it? Yeah, and matter of fact, Ted will be there as well. Ted will be there with me. I don't think he's there for the whole week. I haven't talked to him lately, but um, he yeah, it's in uh, uh, Playa del Playa. I don't know Mexican Riviera, right? We fly to Cancun and we drive over to this other place. Wow. the links are all on my website. Then they give you that link to it, uh, Ocean Resorts or something. Just send me an email if you're interested. It's really a fun, a really nice resort. A friend of mine is the executive chef over the whole resort. And what he's done is invited like 15 chefs to come there for the week. And Teddy's one of them. And Cindy Hudson from Miami is one of them. Uh, Sue Torres, my friends, uh, Debbie Gold. Just a bunch of badass chefs hmm. coming. And uh, what we do is everybody cooks, like two people cook dinner every night. And then I get to do the uh, beach barbecues. And that's what Teddy's doing, too. And so I'll, I'll get a couple of the other chefs to help me. So if you're there, you're just interacting with us and hanging out all week. And it's all these uh, really cool chefs doing different things. They'll have a bunch of liquor sponsors, food sponsors. and stuff. It's really a wine and food fest at a resort in the Mexican Riviera. Hmm. Sounds like a great time. Ray Lampy joining me here on the show. Um, Ray, I'm debating whether or not I want to ask you a hot dog question or whether or not I want to get into Facebook questions. Um, I mean, okay, let's go ahead and toss out the obligatory hot dog question here. A couple weeks ago, I had Stephen Reichlin on. We were talking about a number of topics. We got on to hot dogs. I mentioned to him that I don't mind eating a boiled hot dog. And he threw up the cross fingers, said that there was a tenth circle of hell reserved for people that eat boiled hot dogs. So as somebody who originally came from a hot dog town, that being Chicago, having their own kind of hot dog and all these things, what's your opinion on hot dogs, the best way to have them, and, and are you allowed to eat a boiled hot dog without having to make the reservation in Satan's lair? <laughs> well, with all due respect to Stephen, and I love Stephen, but he's a Miami guy. What does he know about hot dogs? <laughs> uh, technically, your hot dogs should be steamed not boil. Mm-hmm. So I, I, you know, boiling is, is not the best way to cook a hot dog. Uh, steaming would be better. Certainly except these days I do griddle them though, or sometimes grill and cook them on the fire. Um, so if boiling is not my first choice, but I still don't, I'll still argue with Steven for the heck of it. You know, a couple, well, maybe it's been a couple of years now. I've seen devices that, uh, you know, this one popular one out is called Slot Dog, and you put the hot dog in, you squeeze it, and it kind of cuts it all over the place. And the thought, of course, is more surface area, more ability to brown and char, depending on how you like your hot dog. You into those kind of things, or will you use the knife and spiral cut it all the way around or anything like that? 
Nah, I just, I'm not that. If I'm going to eat a hot dog at home, I'm going to just cook it and eat it. I'm not going to put that much effort into it. Although I do like when they do that. Like, you see that sometimes on the street of New York, they'll do that. And in Chicago, you'll find a thing called a char dog, where they take, in Chicago, the hot dog joints have hot dog and a Polish sausage, which is really just a bigger hot dog, mm-hmm. a little spicier hot dog. And sometimes they'll throw those in the deep fryer, and they might split them a little bit. And I like eating that, but I would never bother with it at home. It's too much trouble. All right, so let's go ahead and answer some Facebook questions here. First one's from Toby Odell. Pretty good question, by the way. Why don't you see more barbecue restaurants doing pork steaks or blade steaks? They're so good in the smoker. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's a St. Louis thing, and you get them everywhere around there. Uh, I don't know. It's a good question. I think it just hasn't caught on. Um, I mean, it is kind of redundant to cook in a pork butt. You know, it's one of the things we're going through right now with menu stuff. You find something really good, but... How many different ways do we want to cook pork butt on our food? And everybody does pulled pork. So I think that's probably why. It's just, uh, you know, to most guys outside of St. Louis, it's kind of a different way to cook a pork butt. And so why would you bother with that? Next question. I, I would always eat them. Yeah, for sure. I i don't know if I've ever actually had a, a pork steak at a barbecue restaurant or had it offered even. So. I would certainly be open to that. Uh, next question. I, I don't think I've ever seen it outside of St. Louis. Yeah. Uh, next question from Mark Folked. I hope I'm saying that right. On a previous show, I think Dr. Barbecue talked about people asking him to private label his own rub or put his name on a rub. With all of these rubs and all of these barbecue guys with their own private labeled rubs, is there just a simple recipe that would be close to what a lot of us on the market now? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, there's tons of recipes. Um I, you know, I mean, that's one of the reasons I don't sell rub. I was I was originally selling a rub, like, in the early 90s for everybody, but it was a private label deal. I went to this place, and they had a bunch of products that they didn't sell commercially, but you could just put your label on. I did, and I sold it for a lot of years, and, but it became a problem because I didn't have the recipe, and they didn't want to sell it anymore, and it, it kind of became a real problem. I, I was never really secret. I think most people knew it was a private label deal. Um, but it, it was... It was fun. I like doing it, but when I started writing cookbooks, it kind of seemed wrong. You know, what would I do? Not share that one recipe that I was selling, um, or would I label a product that was already in one of my cookbooks and you already had the recipe? It kind of, it really just seemed disjointed for me. Um, I used to sell a, a pepper blend too, a thirteen different peppers, and I had a barbecue sauce, and and it was actually pretty good. But it just, I had a partner at the time, and. That kind of didn't work out, and and then I just never wanted to restart it because it really because of the cookbook thing. So it just was uh, now because of the restaurant. We are going to definitely have some products. We're not going to have them right away at the kickoff, but we will definitely have some products because you know that's what you do. I I created a hot chicken rub a couple of years ago that I've never shared the recipe. So that one I think is going to we're going to use it in the restaurant, and I will sell it. And then my original old barbecue sauce that I used to sell years ago. Um, I, I will we'll bring that back. I've never shared that recipe either. Um, but but I think making rubs is a good idea. I think it's what you should do. Um, you know, what's happening with a lot of these new rubs on the market, what I see, they're doing something like, uh, I, someone told me it's paprika oil, that stuff that makes everything so red. Hmm. Uh, whatever it is that they're doing, and I think that's what it is. And the guys seem really to like it. I'm not necessarily a huge fan of it. A little paprika or a little chili powder. I don't need my meat to look that orange red. If you get a good pork on it, you kind of lose that color anyway. So, uh, and it's hard to recreate that. So, if you really like that, just keep buying it. But if you like to experiment with stuff, 
mean, there's there's recipes everywhere. Every one of my books has got a half dozen rub recipes. All you got to do is Google that. You'll find a lot of rub recipes, and I, I think people should do that. Are all of the rub recipes and all of your books similar, or every time you put a rub recipe in a book, is it something that hasn't made a book before? I guess that's the better question. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you force yourself to do it different because anytime I'm like, like if I'm going, I'm going to this place in Mexico and I'm going to do a little rub cooking class, rub making class, and I'll use that rub on the ribs the next day. You have tendency, you know, I, I always tell people start out with about half sugar and half salt and then lean whichever way you feel. Well, if I'm making ribs, I'm going to lean to the sugar side. I'm going to have maybe even two parts sugar to one part salt. And I end up there all the time. And then I'm going to add some garlic and some onion and some chili powder and some paprika. And then I really like thyme. So I'll, if I'm going to add some herbs, I'll add some thyme. I like to add maybe a little cinnamon and nutmeg. And I end up accidentally with the same damn rub every time I do it. Um, and when you're writing a recipe for a cookbook, you can't do that. You have to go out of your comfort zone and grab the lemon pepper or the basil or whatever you may it may be. And then maybe not so much sugar and and use some different things just for the sake of making it different. Ray Lampy joining me here on the show. You find him here once a month, the first Tuesday of every month, by the way, for Ask Dr. Barbecue. DRBBQ.com is the website, and if you're going to be out west here in the next couple of weeks at the Del Mar Racetrack, be sure to poke around and say hi to Big Green Egg guy himself, Ray Lampy, as he'll be out there repping Big Green Egg and uh, cooking up a little bit of stuff here. So, Ray, always appreciate the time, and we will look for you again next month. Okay, Greg, take care. You got it. There he is, Ray Lampy. Admittedly, that audio was uh, a little brutal. I'm telling you, I I did some Skype update. Was it two weeks ago? I must have not had a lot of Skype stuff, but oof, some of this stuff is brutal. Well, that's all right. Again, if you are interested, we had referenced briefly the Paradise Food and Wine Fest. I think he said that was somewhere in Cancun or north of Cancun or south of Cancun or something like that. There's a link, paradisefoodanddrinkfest.com. Or if you want to shoot Ray an email, go to his website, drbbq.com. You can contact him through there, and he can give you some links and ideas on how you can get tickets and stuff like that. But me and that uh, that's not my cup of tea i don't like leaving the country i for some reason believe that mexico is very dangerous for celebrity of my stature so i will stay here in the confines of the friendly and safe united states look for ray again next month next week next month let me talk to you quickly about traeger grills before we talk about the slow and sear david parish Behind every great meal is a great grill, but not just any grill, a Traeger grill. And the Timberline is Traeger's most advanced grill yet. It allows you to smoke, grill, bake, roast, braise, barbecue like a pro, no matter what your level. Thanks to the incredible wood fire taste. Seriously, you don't know flavor till you're cooking with it. Traeger grills use all natural hardwood pellets as fuel. So you're literally cooking with flavor from low and slow smoked ribs to a seared steak, even a baked apple pie. Traegers can handle it all, and the Traeger Timberline makes it even easier thanks to the Wi-Fi capability. You can check on your cooks, kick up the temperature, and set custom cook cycles anytime, anywhere, right on your phone through the Traeger app. 
In fact, if I was cooking right now, I could go check out my brisket. How about that? Very easy. Find one at your local Traeger dealer or check them out online at TraegerGrills.com. That's TraegerGrills.com. Want to beef up your barbecue game? Sure. Traeger Shop Class, going coast to coast, bringing barbecue knowledge and amazing wood-fired food everywhere they go. Taught by professional pitmasters, you'll take home all the skills you need to reach barbecue glory. Find a shop class near you today. TraegerGrills.com slash shop class. That's TraegerGrills.com slash shop class. I believe embedded correspondent from Texas, Doug Scheiding, is in, I believe he's in Montana. Was it Wyoming? Doing a shop class. So much far north and a little bit west for Mr. Doug Scheiding. Good luck as you teach the good folks of that state Traeger Barbecue. Adrenaline Barbecue Company, Slow and Sear, Dave Parrish, coming up next. Stick around. We'll be right back. incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Welcome back. This portion of the show is being brought to you by CookingPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets. You can find them at CookingPellets.com. You can also purchase at Amazon.com as well. And I am trying to find uh, David Parrish on Skype. So let's see. But Madam Ruby sees. I'm sure there's going to be like a hundred David Parishes. Hmm. Hmm. Well, let's see how this works. If I open Skype, is that let Skype access your contacts? Sure. Why not? 
Well, I don't see him. David Parrish. Well, this is something else. I think I got two different versions of Skype going on now. I'm wondering if, uh, is anybody on the Facebook feed? Did that actually go through? Well, let's give them a number to call in. Let me alert the uh, guest here. John, I'm going to forward David the hotline number and uh, have him call in if that's all right with you. Standing by. All right. I don't know if he's going to call, but we'll see. Otherwise, we're going to have a very short slow and seer. Do you have a slow and seer, John? I have three slow and seers. What? <laughs> yeah, I can talk. For, I can fill this segment if needed. Wow. No problem. You're that big of a fan of the slow and seer? I'm, a, I'm that big of a fan. Wow. And I, and, and I pay for them. Okay, well, good enough. All right, there's the... <clears throat> I'll let that go for now. Um, all right, well, let's see if he calls in, and uh, we'll go from there. It's John of Michigan, who is a... <laughs> Huge slow and sear fan, evidently. I didn't know it was that big of a big of a fat three. That's nice. I have been told by any number of people that it is the perfect accoutrement or accessory to your kettle style grill. So looking forward to talking with Dave. Uh, by the way, if you were wondering, you can find cooking pellets at cookingpellets.com, or you can buy on amazon.com as well. So if you're looking for either one of those, that's fine. While we're waiting for Dave to potentially call in, let me talk to you about a brisket cook that I did over the weekend. So if you're following me on social media, this past Thursday signified the reemergence of what I was terming the summer of brisket. Now, initially, the summer of brisket was going to start Memorial Day because I cooked a brisket there, and the initial commitment on my part was to cook one brisket per week all summer long. So we were looking in excess of 10 to 12 briskets, one a week. And it didn't even need to be weather allowance because I have tents, so it didn't matter. Because of years and years of softball, we've accumulated enough weather-resistant stuff so we can just toss up 20, 30 feet of cover and we're good to go. So that was the summer of brisket. Then the youngest decided, you know, I do miss softball. I want to play softball again. Summer brisket out the window for the last eight, nine weeks. But this past Thursday, they lost at Softball Nationals in Findlay, Ohio, and the summer of brisket reemerged. John Solberg, the guy who I was just talking to, he also produces The Best of Show, sent me a black label, Snake River Farms brisket, just shy of 18 pounds for my birthday. And this past weekend, I was finally able to cook it. it took me the better part of you know, five days to get it really thawed out, and then it was unknowingly in the refrigerator an additional week because when I thought I was going to be able to cook it, it didn't thaw all the way out yet. So I dry aged it for an additional week in the refrigerator. 
And as I had mentioned, the first one of the summer of brisket was Memorial Day. That was, I believe, a choice grade. was a whole packer. So stepped up almost as high as you can go in the quality department with this particular brisket. Obviously, it's Wagyu. Which also meant that my butt was puckering a bit because I didn't want to mess it up. I also recalled the last time that I had Matt Pittman from Meat Church on, he was talking about a brand new method of how to cook briskets that he was working on, but we didn't really get into it. Time was evaporating. We had some other topics that I wanted to get to first, but he kind of threw that nugget out. So I went and reached back out to him and said, hey, could you lay the method on me? So the good news is this simple in execution. You definitely need time on your side or adjust your start time accordingly, but in its very essence, I started the Traeger 850, got it to 195 degrees pit temperature. For a timberline, you can also do the super smoke setting, which I did have activated at that point. Did my trim, mostly removal of the top side fat and silver skin. Did I get it competition trimmed? No, not competing. I got 90 some percent of the top fat and silver skin. Well, I got all the fat that I wanted off. I got 90% of the silver skin. Not really concerned. And then a really good base layer of holy cow and then a top layer of holy gospel, both meat church rubs, then into the smoke and let it go per direction from Matt Pittman. 14 hours. Then step two. So step one. Well, step 1A, trim it up, you know, do however you're going to trim it. Step 1B, season. Step 1C, pit temperature, initially 195. Very simple so far. Step 2, wrap the brisket tightly in butcher paper, then back in the cooker for roughly another three hours, ramping the pit temperature up from 195 now to 275. Or until done. So I started checking internal temperature at 100. Well, um, so an hour and 45 minutes into that additional three hours at the 275 tightly wrapped in butcher paper, I started probing for temperature both in the flat and the point. And I was shooting for a bit higher temperature than the magical 203, 204 number because I recalled Sterling Ball for Big Papa Smokers saying at some point, whether it was on this show or an outside conversation, that he takes his Wagyu briskets to 210 or something like that. So I was pushing for right around 208, 209, then go for the hold for two hours. So as far as the method is concerned, super simple, easy to follow, Made a great brisket. I might have overshot just a tad in finished temperature. Maybe, but it sliced well both from the flat and the point sides. Great flavor. The only thing I would say, and it must be the Wagyu, very rich on the mouthfeel and the flavor. So for me, it's kind of in that same vein as pork belly burnt ends as far as the richness is concerned. But I had good slices. I wasn't going to be packing it in, so I had you know three or four slices, a couple of the flat, a couple of the fatty. And uh, to date, 
best brisket so far. So once again, thanks to Matt Pittman for the simple, easy-to-follow directions there. All right, we're finally able to put it together, and we got about five minutes, so let's go ahead and race to the hotline and welcome the founder-creator of Slow & Sear, an adrenaline barbecue company, Dave Paris, joining me. Dave, how are you, buddy? Hey, Greg. Thanks for having me here. Uh, it's a pleasure. I'm doing great. Uh, good, and I'm not sure exactly what happened. I, uh, Skype is my fault because it, I did an update, and evidently I don't know what I was doing, but uh, we can always uh, reset up for a, a little bit longer episode here in uh, the next week or two, but I wanted to at least get you on quickly and uh, talk a little bit about the slow ones here. And I guess the first question is this, you know, we all love the kettle grill. I've often said that the kettle is kind of the gateway drug that if you're not into barbecue is going to get you to at least really think hard about getting into barbecue. But it's not a singular barbecue cooking device. There's some deficiencies, and then within deficiencies, there's room for invention. So enter the smoke and sear. So if we're not familiar with what this is, give us a little idea of what the smoke, uh, what the slow and sear is and what you're looking to accomplish if it's uh, an accessory that you're getting for your kettle cooker. You bet. So the slow and sear is basically a metal insert that you put on the charcoal grate that turns your your kettle cooker into a powerhouse smoker and a much better grill. It has a corral that holds charcoal and then it has a corral that holds water. And that water is a vertical wall that sits between your burning charcoal and the indirect side where you're cooking your food uh, for indirect or convective type baking, roasting type uh, cook profiles. The, if you put the food over the charcoal, you're using the sear zone. So it gives you very effective two-zone cooking. You've got a sear zone. You've got an indirect zone where you can smoke, bake, roast. Um, it gives you hotter fire than you can get in the kettle without it. It gives you more efficient, longer smokes than you can get using any other method. It's just a really great device, and we're very proud to uh, to be selling it. How long has it been? Well, I guess when was the, the concept of it, and how long has it been on the market? So the concept came out late 2014, and uh, I still had a day job at the time. And uh, let's see, by March or April, we had prototyped it. I sent it to, to Meathead uh, at AmazingRips.com. He loved it, and he said, if I could figure out how to make these in you know mass production, he would write a review on them, and he would be happy to, to recommend them. And uh, when he said that, I had no choice but to mm. figure out how to make these things. And then uh, I believe it was June of 2015, we uh, we started selling them. So was it something where you, you liked the kettle enough that you wanted to be able to really maximize its versatility and then you decided, because there were some other products that were out on the market well before the Slow and Sear ever entered that was trying to achieve more or less the same type of thing, but the Slow and Sear really seems to have mastered exactly what all those other people were shooting for. You know, that's, it, it's those other products that drove me to create the Slow and Sear. At the time, I was working uh, in the Pitmaster Club at AmazingRips.com, and one of the things that we do is uh, address questions from the people that read the website or are members in the forum. And by hearing those questions, we realized there is 
there's something missing that needs to be in the market. And the, the slowness here came from that brainstorming. Dave Parrish joining me here on the show from Adrenaline Barbecue Company, the website ABC Barbecue, that's B-A-R-B-E-C-U-E dot com. Uh, Dave, from the first one to what you're offering now, how many different versions of the slow and sear are there? Well, we started with the, the slow and sear, the regular slow and sear, and then uh, it had an open bottom and relied on the charcoal grate that's built into whatever kettle grill you have to hold the charcoal in place. Uh, folks asked us to put a bottom in it, so we did, and we called that the Slow and Sear Plus. These things, uh, back in at, at that time, we were uh, there was a lot of hand welding involved, and it could mm-hmm. take anywhere uh, up to 30 minutes to weld one unit. Wow. We, we became so successful that we couldn't keep up with demand, so we were trying to come up with something that we could produce in more quantity. We wanted to improve on the product, and we wanted to reduce costs. So we're going for, you know, uh, uh, we at least we got two of them. We got more quantity and we got more features. So with this new slow and tier 2.0, based on what we learned from both the slow and tier and the slow and tier plus, we made a number of improvements. The, the water reservoir is removable now. So when you don't need water, you can take that reservoir out. And you have a uh, 20%, uh, 30% larger sear zone. So you can get three huge honking stakes on there instead of two honking stakes. Um, the ventilation pattern in the base plate has been improved, so the air flows better and there's less ash collection during the, uh, the cook. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's just an all-around improvement to the original. And it took me three years of late nights and banging my head against the wall to, uh, to come up with something that I actually thought was better than the Swellman's here. You had mentioned that you had a day job when you started this. I'm assuming that at this point you're full-time Adrenaline Barbecue Company? That's right. I uh, stopped the day job in October of 2016, and I had to tell Meathead in uh, January of 2017 that I just couldn't do that anymore because running your own business is you know, <laughs> it's, it's really hard. <laughs> it's uh, you know like when you have a kid and people tell you how hard it's going to be to raise a baby – and you're like, okay, yeah, I understand it's going to be hard. You don't really get it until you have the kid. Yeah. Well, this is kind of like, you know, running a business is kind of like having five kids at the same time. So it's uh, it, there was just no room for me to do the other two jobs anymore. You a married guy, Dave? Uh, I am married 18 years. Uh, so was that a tough conversation to have with your wife that you're like, hey, the barbecue thing is really booming and this is a risk, but here's where my passion is. I'm going to leave this consistent day job thing? I mean, a lot of people might have a, a little bit of a hurdle to, to leap. You know, she was very supportive. She has a sales and marketing uh, background, though it's in biotech, not barbecue. Those are very similar, though. Anyway, um, <laughs> she saw the potential, and she saw what we were, uh, she saw, you know, how Meathead loved it, and we just, it really wasn't that much uh, of an investment to get started in the beginning, mm. and uh, we just uh, we just did it. And uh, no, it, uh, she was supportive, very supportive. She actually works with for the company now, hmm. keeping it all in the family, right, buddy? Yep, <laughs> that's the way to do it. Uh, Dave Parrish is the founder and creator of the Slow and Sear. The company is Adrenaline Barbecue Company. 
And the website, once again, if you're interested in taking a look, ABC Barbecue, B-A-R-B-E-C-U-E, abcbarbecue.com. Dave, again, apologize for the tech issues up front there, but uh, we'll get you loaded back in here in the next couple of weeks and get a little bit more in-depth with the slowness here, but appreciate you calling back in so we can get this done. Sounds good, sir. I, I had a great time, and I look forward to, to being on the show again soon. All right, thanks, Dave. There he is, Dave Parrish from Adrenaline Barbecue Company. John, I don't know if he made the transition back over to you or not. Might have hung up. Like that damn Rempy ruined my segment. Anyway, abcbarbecue.com. If you're interested, let me talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grill, some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. You know, I feel this question a lot. How do you talk about Traeger and then how do you talk about Green Mountain Grill? What are you talking about? Don't be a jealous bastard because two of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today find relevance in sponsoring a show that's outside the box just like they are. There's a niche for everybody. There's room for everybody in the pellet cooker market. Certainly everybody wants to dominate. Green Mountain Grill, no different. They have a great lineup of products depending on what you're looking to do. Might I suggest if you're looking for something in the big realm, you got a lot of family members, you like to do a lot of cooking in general, maybe you got a big family, Jim Bowie on the Green Mountain Grill side is the way you're going to want to go. You can fit a number of pork butts in there, a couple whole packers, multiple racks of ribs, all the good stuff. You're off and running. Then Daniel Boone is in the middle. That's kind of my go-to pizza oven. We'll talk about that here in a second. But you have a medium-sized family, Daniel Boone might be more your style. Or if you like portability, Certainly, you want to take a look at that Davy Crockett. If you don't have access to a traditional power outlet, you can use the 12-volt adapter that comes with that so it's ready to go wherever you are. You're not sacrificing a tremendous amount of capacity when you talk about portability here either. So you'll be surprised with how much you can get into that Davy Crockett. Now, pizza oven insert, I always talk about it because I use it, just used it a couple days ago, made eight pies. We're using those pita shells because... We don't want to mess around with the dough the particular day we were doing it. So those work really well. Extra large pita shells that you put on the sauce, do your toppings, and away you go. Three minutes or less, those pizzas are out. Everybody's having fun. Pizza parties are fun again, folks. Thanks to the pizza oven insert at GreenMountainGrills.com. Once again, the website, GreenMountainGrills.com. And we'll be back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. And this segment brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via the Bluetooth. If you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home, you're lucky because Fireboard fully integrated with both, learning new skills all the time. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. It's 816-945-2232. Tell them the Barbecue Central Show sent you. You'll be happy that you did. All right, let's go ahead and wrap up the first hour. Thanks again to Dave Parrish. Adrenaline Barbecue Company, abcbarbecue.com. If you have a kettle grill and you're looking for the go-to accessory, you might want to consider the slow and sear. Don't fall for the other ones. I currently don't have a kettle grill, believe it or not. 
Otherwise, I would probably look into getting one. All right, we're pouring to the second hour. Lots of great stuff to go in there. Jess Pryles, Tales from the Pits, and who knows what else. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. We'll be right back.